Witnesses say he disappeared over a steep cliff and took off running into the woods, but his family says that story just doesn't add up. At 8.34, my son texted me back. He said, Dad, I'm coming home on Wednesday, the 10th. Between that and old time, something went wrong. Then the next call I get is from the company saying my son disappeared. I can't find a trace of him. One story they said that they watched my son run off the cliff. What do you mean you all watched him? What do you mean you watched him? What are you saying? None of you would ask my son 130 pounds soaking wet. These guys are big like me. And you're gonna say, you watch this little guy go to kill himself or whatever you're trying to put out there. Come on, man. And they haven't found a body. They haven't found a trace of nothing. My son saw something, heard something that he should not have seen or should not have heard and didn't like it. My son's not in the woods. Someone picked my son up. Now what for, what's going on, that's what I need to know. My son's not in the woods. Life don't prepare you for this. Life prepare you for a whole lot of things. Life don't tell you one day the person you love in the world is going to disappear. Terrence Woods Jr. was 26 at the time of his disappearance. He was working as a production assistant for a London-based production company called Raw TV. Terrence entered the backwoods of Idaho with his crew members, but unfortunately never made it out. In fact, Terrence reportedly ran into the dense mountain forest on purpose. Witnesses at the scene claim he just bolted, under no duress or pressure, but of his own volition. His family says there's no way. Quote, no way he would have ran down that hill unless he was afraid of something. And that's what we're here to find out. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. Born in Maryland, Terrence Woods was no stranger to the TV industry. He had worked on a couple of high-profile shows, even as far as London, where he had lived for five years. He earned credit and notoriety while working on shows like The Voice UK and Saving Africa's Elephants, Hugh and the Ivory Wars. Terrence moved back to Maryland with his parents earlier in the year 2018 and had landed himself in a contract working with the Raw TV crew. Terrence went missing October 5th. 2018, in the Oro Grande region in the back country of Idaho, while filming on location for a show called Gold Rush, Dave Turin's Lost Mine. Terrence was accompanied by 11 other people in his film crew, which was also made up of two locals. According to the crew's associate producer, Simon Gee, Terrence dropped his radio on the ground, then took off running down a steep cliff and disappeared into the woods. Gee was the last person to see Terrence, and he told police he saw Terrence walk over to the cliff, drop his radio on the ground, and then took off running faster than he had ever seen anyone run. Gee claims that he and the other crew members attempted to locate Terrence, but were unable to due to the steep cliff. 
and they were unsure how Wood was even able to make it down so fast in the first place. The behavior that Terrence apparently displayed just minutes before seemed to suggest to the crew that Terrence was dealing with a lot of mental issues and was having a hard time. During the 911 call, a member of the crew said, quote, Terrence has been having a really hard time emotionally and had a mental breakdown earlier today, end quote. That was a transcript of the call. However, nothing has ever been found to prove that Terrence was ever suffering any mental duress or unusual amounts of stress. The crew immediately notified the Idaho County Sheriff's Office and reported him missing, but due to the weather and the late hour of the report, they were unable to begin a search that night. However, over the next few days, there were many search parties consisting of volunteers on foot, ATV, scent tracking dogs, and even a helicopter team with heat detecting capabilities was sent over the area. The only clue ever found was that Terrence's scent seemed to disappear at a road that was located near the bottom of the mountain, suggesting he may have been picked up. There were also houses in that area that Terrence could have run to in an effort to get help, but he was not witnessed by anyone that day. Also, the sheriff noted that the area is covered in unused and abandoned mine shafts, as that is why Terrence was there. And a number of things could have happened to him that day. But despite the effort, there was no signs of Terrence. Some attribute this to the weather at the time, as the temperature was falling below freezing and snow and rain were occasional. Yet still after six days, the search was called off. No one has seen or heard from Terrence since. Terrence's parents believe he may have been being mistreated or even harassed by his crew members. He may have been so afraid that he ran for his life down the hill. Terrence texted his dad the day he disappeared and told him he had planned on cutting his Idaho trip short, by a few weeks even, and returning home after filming that week. Although it was unclear why he was leaving, his mother was having health issues at the time, and it's theorized that it could have motivated his homesickness. Miss Woods has said, however, that she spoke to her son before he left and informed him she was doing well and not in need of surgery, which they had all been fearing. The family believes he was not happy in his position, and that is why he planned on leaving early. They also claim that the Raw Company had remained cold towards them. They claim that recent calls made to the London offices in an effort to get answers have been left unreturned and even ignored. Although Raw has claimed that there is no log of such calls being made, they have cooperated with the police since the beginning of the investigation. Although when interviewed, his former co-workers and employers had conflicting statements, but for the most part claim he was happy in his job and was fitting in and adjusting easily. Terrence's case remains open, but is not active, which the sheriff said basically means his case is open as long as he is missing, but there is no one actively searching for him. What caused Terrence to run down that cliff? Was he afraid? Was he chased? persuaded or pushed? Did Terrence suffer a sudden, unexplained mental break? Did he see something that lured him in? Where is he now? Why has he never been found? All questions that remain for Terrence's loved ones, who refuse to rest until they find the truth and know what happened to him. Something interesting that I read in an article that just came back to me, uh, the main crew member, uh, Guy, 
who was the last one to see him, claims that Terrence told the crew that he was going to use the restroom. Now, if they were in a flat area and then the only privacy was down over that cliff, maybe he had just run down the cliff to go to the restroom and, you know, to get out of sight, whatnot. And then maybe he heard the road, the cars, and wandered down that way and somebody picked him up. It's very hard to tell. Just something I wanted to interject here. Now, we'll swing back around to Terrence in a minute, but there was another strange occurrence that took place that very same day in that very same area. Less than 30 miles away, another person was reported missing in another secluded area of the forest. However, this time it was a veteran park ranger who knew the area very well and served as a guide to hunters in that area. At the time of her disappearance, Connie Johnson was working as a cook at a hunting base camp in Big Fog Mountain, Big Rock, Idaho. She was last seen when the hunters left the camp on October 2nd. The area they were camping in was very secluded and only accessible by foot or on horse. According to the county sheriff's office, the next day the hunters received a radio transmission from Connie, but could not understand what she was saying because the radio signal was weak. Then when the hunters returned to the campsite on October 5th, there was no sign of Connie or her loyal companion, which was a dog named Ace. Three weeks later, Ace showed up, about 15 miles away, at the very ranger station Connie had spent many of her last 25 years at as a ranger. Connie had the skills and knowledge to survive in the wilderness. If something did happen to her, what led to her disappearance? Also, real quick about the dog returning. The dog did not look malnourished in any way and did not even accept the food that the rangers there at the station offered the dog. But when they took the dog to return into the woods to see if maybe uh, Ace could lead them back to something, he would not re-enter the woods. He was in fear, absolutely protesting any entrance back into the woods. So the dog was obviously afraid of something that took place there. So, like I said, Connie had the skills and knowledge to survive in the wilderness. So this doesn't really add up. Her family believes her death was not an act on intention, but that she suffered an accident or injury that prevent, prevented her from getting help. And that combined again with the freezing temperatures that week leads many to believe Connie died in the mountains, doing what she loved. Now, if anyone has information on the whereabouts of either Terrace Woods or Connie, please contact the Idaho County Sheriff's Office at 208-983-1100. Okay, so now that all the facts are out on the table, I think it's time to make room for some speculation. speculation. Okay, so one of the things about this case that is kind of hard to ignore is the accusation that Terrence may have been being mistreated or hazed in a way amongst his new film crew. Um, there have been some ex-employees of Raw TV and maybe maybe even current ones that just didn't want to say whether or not they were that stated it can be a tough place to, to work. Um, it, the, ha- it, the hazing does seem part of the environment. Um, I can't remember the exact word that they used. I'll see if I can find it. Um, but I wanted to share this exchange first. This was the first time that Terrence's dad, Terrence Sr., uh, met with 
the police department and two Raw TV employees uh, from London. One of them was Simon. Um, and this is from Terrence Sr. himself. This is a quote straight from him. This is what he told Vice Magazine. He said, the first, the first thing Simon said on the phone and when I met him in the police department was, I had high expectations for your son, but when I met him, he didn't stand up to them. He said, I asked Terrence to get me some fruit, and he turns to me and says, What kind of fruit? My son doesn't know Simon. Why would he ask why wouldn't he ask that? He's known him for three days, says Terrence's father. So do you understand this exchange? I guess it's I don't even understand why Simon would would bring this up. Why would you want to drag this man's son's name through the mud in front of him and also when he's missing and your crew was the last one to see him see what i mean it seems odd so it seems that they're they're almost like yeah it's not really a big loss to us we're not really that concerned about it but we'll cooperate with the police any way that we can but not the family valerie Terrence's mother had a similar experience when, while talking to Simon. Uh, and this was just before being flown out to Idaho. They had an exchange where Simon tried to tell her a lot of the same that he told uh, Terrence's father. But what was interesting was that she had already spoken to some of the other crew members and uh, Terrence's other co-workers, and they always had positive remarks about Terrence. They never had anything negative to say. And then all of a sudden, Simon is saying that Terrence wasn't very good at his job. You know, so she's very skeptical about that. Okay, so also, uh, here's the part I was alluding to earlier about the uh, ex-Raw TV employee. They tell Vice, um, you know, anonymously, obviously, uh, they tell Vice that there is a, quote, laddie culture at the company. Now, this is this is an English company, uh, Raw TV in the UK. So, I guess laddie meaning, um, I, I mean, I take that as kind of they, you know, they pick on the new ones. They pick on the newcomers. And it's probably uh, very, you know, I would say it's probably more male-oriented hazing, if I had to guess. I, that's what I think laddie is. That's, that's what I get. I'm not saying raw TV is. I'm saying that's what the definition I get of laddie. And they also went on to say that, quote, there was a toxic undercurrent, which made me feel very uncomfortable, end quote. Um, and then reopened the quote because they said some more. They said there were conversations where they would make disparaging comments about people they were looking to hire. It made me feel quite uncomfortable. Now, end quote. Again, I want to be completely clear. All of this is just hearsay and opinions of ex-Raw employees, um, pretty much, is what you're hearing here. You're here, And these are also people who did not want to give their identity um, for the sake of their, their... They are still working in show business, right? So they could be a bitter employee. Um, every company that reaches a certain size is going to have unhappy employees and unhappy customers. That's just the way it is. Right, you're not going to please everybody, and hazing is it's unnecessary and immature, um, but it is not a crime. 
in itself. But if those people do know something and they are banding together, that crew of 11, um, then I, the only thing, the only problem I have with that is why make up a story if you're going to make up one? <clears throat> now, these are, these are TV producers, right? Why make up a story that he just ran down the hill? It's like, that's what they got. 11 minds there, right? 11, 10, 11 people that work in the film industry. And I know it's reality TV, but come on, people. It's all scripted nowadays. So these people couldn't come up with a better story than, we don't know. He just dropped his radio and ran down the hill. Now, there was this one testimony um, from one of the workers who claimed that Terrence said he needed to use the bathroom. I guess he didn't make that obvious to everyone, but he told her or him or whoever this this other worker was, them. And he, I guess, proceeded to go to the bathroom. Maybe he went was headed down the embankment to find a more private place to go to the bathroom and stumbled onto the road to see where it went. And maybe someone picked him up, right? There's... It's just, it's it's hard to believe. It's just someone that seemed so grounded. I watched videos uh, that Terrence put up, just clips of him and stuff in the documentaries that I've watched, and he just seems so grounded. He seems so together. Um, I really think something something happened to this young man. I think he was, he was fully intending on going home. I just, I don't think he would have had this psychic break not having the type of connection and support that he had um, in his family. I mean, I've been in those situations. I've been in situations where I'm somewhere and I really don't want to be there, but I got to kind of stick it out, right? But what gets you through? What gets you through is you have people that love you. You have people that care about you. You have people that are always there for you, when you even when you hit rock bottom, and that's what he had in his family. And he was fully looking forward to going back to that. That is one thing that is for certain about this case is Terrence wanted to go home. But why did he want to go home? I think now is a good time to check in with Lauren, guys. Let's see what he has to say in this week's Lauren's Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren's Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren synopsis. Break it down the case like. Break it down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's strange and unexplained: the mysterious disappearance of Terrence Woods a very uh, brilliant, young, aspiring TV producer who had a master's degree, um, had moved, traveled all around the world. He was American, but he had traveled all over. He'd spent a bunch of time over in London um, and Africa and all these different places and really chased after his dreams um, of seeing the world and producing TV shows. And, um, and in 2018, when he was 27 years old, he was working um, – for the company that he had worked for for a while, Raw TV, they had called him while he was back in uh, America visiting his family and asked him if he would take part in a t the filming of a TV show called Gold Rush for Discovery. 
Um, and this would be in the abandoned mines in Idaho County, Idaho, up in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains. Um, he took the job. However, it sounds as though he wasn't really looking forward to it. There was some texts back and forth that were later found out between him and one of his good friends. And he was kind of just kind of like, ah, I got to go do this. I don't want to do this. Sad face, that type of stuff. And then while up there in the job in October, um, the morning before he goes, he disappears and runs out. Um, he texted his dad saying he was going to be coming home early. So there's some stuff that would lead you to believe that he wasn't happy doing this job. It was going to be like a month long. He, uh, just didn't, he was going to be leaving early. It seemed to me like he got anxious. And also this is the kind of job that if you want out, you're kind of trapped. They had to take, uh, they actually had to take, uh, all-terrain vehicles up to the site where this was being filmed at that mine. They couldn't drive a vehicle like a normal car up there. Um, which there's a woman named Sherry who comes into play later on that I'll talk about. That's she, she ran the company that actually rented out the equipment, the, uh, side-by-sides and UTVs to get up in there. Um, and she was there when he ran off. So on October 5th, 2018, he's on the set and it's getting near the end of the day, wrapping up. Um, and apparently he's talking to the woman, Sherry, who, you know, they rented the side-by-sides from and whatnot. And he, a normal conversation about his family and whatnot. Then he sets down his, his radio on the ground and he's seen by several members of the cast running down a hill, um, out of the out of the mine down towards the road i suppose sprinting um on a mountain that you would think would be very hard to run down according to the sheriff who was interviewed um doug giddings uh it would be very and also some locals it would be hard to run down this hill but apparently he was running like a jackrabbit down the hill um the crew chased after him for a little while before realizing it was a lost cause they then went to a nearby um, cabin up in these, like, I guess the closest living person up there, um, uh, which took them to another cabin and they used a Wi-Fi phone to call the police who then, uh, conducted a search with a helicopter dogs and searching for him and were unable to come up with anything. Now this is October in Idaho up in the mountains. So it's very cold snow on the ground. Um, it would be hard for someone to stay out there for very long. However, he was running down the hill towards, where there would be a road, the sheriff is convinced, Doug Giddings, that he got out of there, that he's convinced that if he had stayed in the mountains that they would have found him, whether he was dead or alive, they would have found him with the dogs. Um, if he was alive, they would have found him with the um, heat sensors that the helicopter has, um, the body heat sensors. So he's convinced that he got out of there. I think it's possible there was um, reports that he had been at a restaurant the night before with the crew and that he had gotten a phone number of a girl there. So I think it's possible he was very anxious to go. He didn't want to be stick around this job anymore. Um, he wanted to go, and maybe he potentially texted the girl or called her that he had gotten the number of the night before for a ride and bounced. But then why did where would he have gone? You would think he wanted to go home. He told his dad he was coming home early. He loved his family. He was beloved by his parents and um, many other people. And it just seems he doesn't seem like the type that would just disappear. I know he was a free spirit and traveled the world and whatnot, but it just that's where um, I'm on the fence about this one because there was some stuff about the crew that was odd. Um, the first person that the parents hear from is, I believe, the, the police, but then they're told that they're going to be getting a call from a member of the TV crew that was there, um, a guy named Simon, because he can give the parents more details on what exactly happened. When Simon finally calls the father, 
Um, one of the first thing he says is, I had high expectations for your son, but when I met him, he didn't stand up to that didn't stand up to my expectations. That to me is so odd and cold and callous uh, of a thing to say to a parent who has just found out their their child is missing. That's the first thing you say is that you were disappointed in the job that they were doing. It's very odd. Um, it had me kind of like, what in the hell? What do you know? Like, why would you say something? I, I just, it's, it's just very, I don't know. That threw me off, it threw me for a loop. The sheriff was also very cold. Um, and there's, there was several people that went missing in this area, area around the same time. The same day, a woman named Connie Johnson disappeared um, of only about 50 miles away from where Terrence uh, ran off. Um, in Idaho County up in these mountains. And then two days after that, uh, a man named Jose Menendez Morales disappeared. Um, so there's there's all kinds of odd disappearances going on up in these mountains. And I understand that the Oro Grande and the Nez Perce Clearwater National Forest is over 2 million acres of treacherous terrain, mountains, trees. If you wander off in there during winter, you could be in some real trouble. You could, inc you could encounter... Um, different predators, um, and there also could very well be a serial killer working up in these mountains. Who knows? Um, when I really, the more I, I uh, looked into this, though, I found it hard to believe that the crew had anything to do with it. There would be too many people involved. It would be too hard for them to all stay hush if, if they had done something to Terrence, you know. Um, and also the woman, Sherry, was later found and interviewed by Fox News or Fox 5 uh, news station in Washington, D.C., who did a whole really well done po podcast about this case. Um, and they had interviewed Sherry and she was very convincing to me as well as the, the neighbor got interviewed as well by them on their podcast um, that, that uh, gave the crew a phone to call the police. The neighbor said that if he had come through um, his, if he had gone through like, uh, that being Terrence, if he had gone through his area, he would have heard him. Um, and he also said that he would have been found by now that he would, he wouldn't have survived through the night. He would have gotten hypothermia, but Sherry, who was the last person that Terrence talked to the woman who rented side by sides, her and her husband for a living, they had got, they had gotten the crew up to this site, um, at the mine that day. And she had been talking to Terrence when he sat down as he, he walked away from her and then ran down the hill. Um, and she said it was very odd. The whole thing was odd. Everything was odd about it. Um, and so, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm on the fence as to what exactly happened. I do think Terrence willingly left. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not convinced the crew did anything to him. Um, however, their behavior is definitely kind of cold. The fact that they rented two rental cars and only one of them got returned, um, I found it odd that the sheriff didn't feel the need to follow up on that. I felt the, the sheriff did a lackluster job of investigating this overall. And for what reason? It seems as though that's a common thread, though. It doesn't seem like that's just Terrence that um, is going on with. There's several other families of uh, missing family members uh, from the Idaho County area that are saying the same thing about this sheriff and that he's callous and he just, when they call about their missing loved one, he's just like, yeah, well, if we find them downriver or something, we'll let you know. But that's about it. There was a... There was a couple of young teens that were driving through and rolled their vehicle into a river in Idaho County, um, and the father was interviewed on the podcast. Uh, I believe that podcast was called Into the Woods, if you want to look it up. The father was basically saying that the sheriff was very cold with him, and he was like, well, we'll get their bodies out when the, when the, river, uh, when the, the level of the river uh, goes down. We can't get them out now. Just left the car there. The bodies were then found downriver, a couple of them, and a couple of them were never found. So 
not a good place to uh, have someone go missing or wander off. Um, and I know I'm getting real lengthy here, but this is a crazy case. Um, and I, I don't, I, in the end, sadly, I don't really even have an opinion on it, to be honest. Terrence, I feel like he did um, get anxious. Ang- he got anxious. He wanted to go. He didn't want to be part of the crew anymore. And like I said, you couldn't just drive a car away. You had to use an, uh, a UTV to get out of there. Maybe they weren't willing to leave until it was time to go, and he wanted to go now. And so he just decided to run off and he'd get a ride. And then from there, I don't know what happened. He could have gotten lost in the woods and died out there from hypothermia. He could have gotten attacked by a predator or a human, another human being. Um, I don't know. Um, hopefully we get some something. I, would, I also wouldn't be surprised if he is out there. I don't know. He was, like I said, a free spirit, an interesting person, a complex person. There were some writings found for, of his uh, well before this happened with a, you know, a lot of like mixed thoughts going on in his head about what, what he wanted to do with his life. And he was running from his past, it seemed like, a little bit. And uh, that's why he left uh, London and came back to stay with his family again. It seemed like he was running from some things there. So I don't know, a complex dude. Um, and it's a mystery. Um, so yeah, this is one of my longest synopsis, synopsi, whatever you would say that, but I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you next week. Damn, those synopsi get any better. I'm going to have to start paying this guy. Am I right? God, bringing the heat today made a lot of great points. Um, the podcast into the woods. I think it's done by Fox five news. Fantastic podcast guys. Definitely need to check that out. Um, we could have, I mean, I probably could have done like a three hour episode on this case, but you know, it's not my style. Try to keep them within a vein. You know what I'm saying? Stay in your lane. Uh, but I want to talk about some of the great points Lauren brought up. Like for one, the girl at the restaurant, uh, did not know about that. Did not know that Terrence got her number. Holy crap right? That could be a huge thing. That could be the key to all of this. Terrence, and also uh, the one side-by-side that was not returned, right? Terrence could have had a side-by-side waiting at the bottom of the hill, ran down and was like, this is my time. I really don't give a shit. Nobody's going to catch me or chase me down this hill. Run down here, get this side-by-side, ride to a certain location, get picked up by this girl or someone else. Maybe he was set up from the start and then dip out of there. And then who knows what happened to him. Right? So that's one thing. It's wild. It's it's a crazy theory. Uh, but it would explain the missing cart and also um, you know, why how he just disappeared. It obvious it obviously he got out of there, like the sheriff said. And I mean, but then again, they could be hiding things with this lackluster sheriff. Um, that's another great point, Lauren. So they could be hiding things altogether. So we don't know what to believe. Like, what's up with the cart? Why was it never inspected? I mean, you can't just rent a a UTV. You know what I'm saying? A a four-wheeler or a side-by-side or just an all-terrain vehicle in general and then just not return it. I mean, they're going to track your ass down. That's that's an expensive investment. I don't care if you're you're a TV crew or not. Um, Something happened with that. That vehicle, that's, that needs to be searched for sure. Um, and Sherry's story. Her story about him just setting the radio down and leaving. Now, like I said before, if everyone was standing in that area and he did tell someone he had to use the restroom, he could have done that as well. He could have said, 
I need to use the restroom. And maybe he meant to say it louder to alert everyone else to not be alarmed that he was running off because he really did want to leave. But maybe he only said it loud enough to reach some of the people around him. Maybe the single person that gave that one testimony around him. And then everyone else just assumed that he dropped his radio and left. Because he was a quiet and reserved person as well. People said that if, if he liked you, then he would open up to you and spend a lot of time with you and talk and, you know, and conversate. But in general, and if he felt uncomfortable in this place as well, if he felt uncomfortable with this crew, you know what I'm saying? He, he wouldn't be very outspoken is all I'm saying. He'd be more reserved. Maybe he would have a few people that he actually could tolerate on the crew or that like that he liked. And you guys get the point. He whispered to them, and then he took off down the hill and thought, well, you know, they'll, they'll relay the message that I'm just going to the restroom. And then that's it. I don't know. It's an odd story. It's, an, it's, a, very, it's a very odd story, to say the least. The boy just didn't, he didn't just vanish. I mean, I don't think he harmed himself on purpose. I just don't think that was in the cards. But either way, that's the case of Terrence Woods. Guys, I will try to keep you updated on anything that I find out. Um, again, if you guys have any information, make sure that you call the Idaho County Sheriff's Office at 208-983-1100. Guys, uh, Terrence Wood's sister actually, actually reached out to me on Facebook uh, personally about this case. And I started looking into it, and my wife, who also helps me look for cases and studies, had compiled a list um, of missing persons that we were going to cover in Terrence was number like four on the list. So I was like, okay, let's bump him on up, right? <laughs> we got to get this case out there. And this is, this is not really that old. It took place in 2018. Um, this case is not that old. Terrence could still be out there. If nothing else, guys, share this episode with someone. Share any of these strange and unexplained unsolved cases with someone. That's a, that's a great way to help spread the news about these cases and about these victims because their pictures and their faces and their voices, if I can find them and get access to them and, you know, not get in trouble for playing them, they need to be out there, right? So, guys, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, I want to thank you for supporting this show just by listening. Um, if you would like to support the show further, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Um, for just three bucks a month, you guys will get access to early releases of these episodes. They'll be released on Thursday instead of Monday. And then you will also get access to two other shows that I do, one being the Palette Cleanser podcast and one being Strange Shorts. We have a lot of fun on those. Uh, they're a little lighter. The mood's lighter. I get to be a little more creative. Uh, there's a little more music. We have a lot of fun with those. So... That's on patreon.com slash SNU. Uh, we got a few new patrons uh, this last week, and I would like to give them a shout. Uh, number one, Kimbo Peep. Kimbo Peep, did I shout you out last week? <sighs> if I did, you got two shout outs. Thank you, Kimbo Peep. Also, Alyssa Barton. And oh, who is it here? My buddy from Twitter. Oh, Jason Layfield. Jason Layfield, a TCG production supporter through and through. We thank you very much, brother. 
Um, but if you can't afford to be a patron, no big deal. Guys, another great way to help the show is to leave a review like the one Emily from England left. She left a five-star review. She said, I came over from TCG. That's True Crime Guys. That's our other show. Um, came over from True Crime Guys and love the thoughtfulness and insightfulness that we put into cases. That's what we do here. We try to be thoughtful. We try to be insightful. We, we try not to stutter. Okay? Doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. But this is a podcast, right? It's not a radio show. This is indie. We do what we want on here. All right. All right. So what else? What else? I think that's pretty much it for the housekeeping. Guys, uh, I want to thank you for listening. Hit me up on social media at S&U Podcast on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Strange and Unexplained on Facebook. You guys can uh, also check out truecrimeguys.com. Check out our other podcast. We have links to merch on there uh, and all sorts of things. So with that, I'll see you guys next week for another Strange and Unexplained case. So remember, be strange. Just don't be a stranger. Be a stranger.